All right. So in the last episode, we were talking about my love life, and now we're going to talk about Ivy's. For those who don't know, Ivy actually is married in a happy relationship. And I think there's a lot to unpack, especially like a lot of things have happened during the pandemic, right? Like you got married and you had your bachelorette, which I'm really sad I didn't get to go. But you know, it is what it is. And you didn't come to my wedding, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but my bachelorette was more important since it was about me and not about me and Owen. <laughs> but for good reason, because, yeah, I was in Singapore. But I think it would be really interesting to know how you and Owen met. I think you guys have a very interesting, like, meet-cute story. So let's start from there. And then I have some juicy questions I want to ask you. Yeah. So Owen and I met in San Francisco in 2018. In April, we're about to have our five-year anniversary as the date of this recording. In fact, we actually just booked our five-year anniversary trip to Hillsburg to eat at Single Thread, which is a three Michelin star restaurant. Owen's super into food. So we met in April. We matched on Hinge, which is your favorite dating app. Now I know. And at the time when I was on Hinge as a 24-year-old Asian girl in SF, there is like an influx of Asian guys <laughs> who match with you and all Asian engineers. And so I kind of don't do my filtering at the time of like swiping. I'm kind of like, okay, I also had my, I guess, standards of SF, which was like, okay, well-educated, appropriate age has like a job, <laughs> you know, because at that time I was struggling with keeping a job. So I cared a lot about that. Yeah, just like someone that I thought I would get along with was also someone of like similar background, you know? And so I would swipe as long as they like look decently cute to me or like how to look like a normal profile. (laughs) And then I would filter based on who then hit me up in the DMs. And so about 30% didn't. They would match and then for some reason never message you and that was fine. And so Owen did message me. And he messaged me something to do with Burning Man because one of the photos that I put up was of me and Burning Man. And he also went to Burning Man before. And so he's like, wow, like that's a photo from Burning Man. Are you planning on going this year? Like I'm going with a group of friends. I think that was his message. And then I took a look at his profile. And as I mentioned in the last episode too, I usually like more stoic guys. Those who are like kind of too cool for you and very like solemn. That was the people that I dated before. And Owen's profile tried to showcase that he was like very outgoing and had a lot of friends. In which case he does, but he's actually way more quiet than I think like what you would interpret from his profile. Because most guys think that girls want someone like outgoing. (laughs) But me and you both, we're too loud. You know, we want someone who's more quiet. And so there was one video of him, like his friend pulling off his ski boot or something. They were just like laughing and having a good time, which would usually hint to like, hey, I have a lot of friends and I'm a lot of fun. But I looked at it and I was just like, okay, this guy's too outgoing. Like... (laughs) I don't think we're going to get along. And we had 60 mutual friends. So I wasn't about to like, you know, play that risk, you know, because you said it's a small world and Asian Canadians, it's a small world too in, in the in Silicon Valley. And so like he went to Waterloo, which is where all the Canadians pretty much come from. And I decided not to respond to him. And I don't even remember when that actually was, but in April of 2018, I was in Paris running a marathon and I got a message request in my DMs on Messenger, Facebook Messenger, saying like he messaged me that someone sent him an article that I wrote and he really resonated and he wanted to grab coffee. 
And at that time, I was super into like writing career related medium blogs. And I had two medium blogs go viral about job hunting in San Francisco. And I thought he wanted a job because I got messages like 10 a week about how to get a job in SF. And I was like, okay, this guy wants a job. We have 60 mutual friends. I totally forgot about him on Hinge. I think he used different photos too on his Facebook. And I was like, okay, like I'm in Paris right now. I'll be back next week, whatever. And I was like, I'm running a marathon. And then so he was like, oh, I'm like training for a half marathon. He was not. I don't know why he's like, he was just like trying. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to relate to you. Yeah, he was trying to relate to me for sure. And then I was like, okay, sure. He actually thought it was a date, right? So when I got back to SF, I was seeing a few other people that time. And they were the people that I messaged every day. And, you know, the guy that I was seeing then was like, oh, do you want to go for a movie? And I was super jet lagged. I was like, I'm going to fall asleep in this movie. So what to do instead? I guess I'll grab coffee, you know, after work so that I can stay awake. And then so I messaged Owen saying, hey, I'm back. Like, do you want to grab coffee sometime this week? Like, I'm free tonight for like, before I fall asleep, probably at like 9 p.m. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to this exhibit in the mission. And he sent me the link. And it was something called Reimagining Death, which was like you go to this room to drink tea out of ceramic cups made from 200 dead people's ashes. So you don't drink the ashes. They were just like, they just made the cups. I was like, damn, like this is so Burning Man-esque. Like, I don't think he was actually trying to play the fact that like this was Burning Man and I went to Burning Man and he like knew that thing about me. Like he was just like, I'm going to go to this thing. Do you want to come? And so I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. Like I really want to go. And so like we actually grabbed food right before. And when he came in, my first impression was, why is this engineer wearing a dress shirt? <laughs> I'm like, Asian engineer in the Bay Area wears a dress shirt. And then I stood up and I shook his hand and he looked at me kind of funny that I like stuck out my hand to shake it. Because that's also not normal for a date. You're either supposed to like... You shook his hand. (laughs) shook his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a coffee chat. I thought he wanted a job. In fact, I was kind of weirded out that I was like, why does this guy who worked at Google need me to help find him a job? You know, like, does he want to switch industries? Like, I don't know. And then I proceeded to spend the next 30 minutes of dinner talking about how I found a job in the Bay Area, which is what the article that I thought he read. And he like, did not get a word in, you know? And I was like, that's how I talked to most people who like wanted to know my story, you know? Like, I, I don't know. And then at the end of my rant or like my storytelling, I was like, oh, so who sent you that article like about job hunting? (laughs) He was like, oh, I didn't like read this article about job hunting. You know, we matched on Hinge. You didn't respond to me. And I Facebook stalked you and read this thing about travel that you wrote. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. Was that when you realized it was a date? Like towards the end of the date? I didn't know until like 30 minutes in after I like gave him my entire life story about how I found a job in San Francisco. (laughs) And then he was like, he never even read that article, you know, like he read something that I like a Facebook post that I wrote about how travel is funny because in 2017, I wrote how like short term travel didn't bring me meaning anymore. I wanted to build more of a community. Little to know that in the end of 2018, I just left to go travel full time with him. The article that resonated with him, you know, so... I felt a little ambushed. I was kind of mad, but I really wanted to go drink tea out of cups made from dead people's ashes. (laughs) And so I thought it was a pop-up. Like, I wouldn't be there tomorrow. And so if I wanted to go, I had to go with him tonight because he was going to go. So I couldn't make an excuse to like leave and then circle back to the ash cup drinking thing. 
And so we went and that took a lot of the pressure, I think, off of like what was happening because it was so awkward. And like, I think things relaxed a little bit where I was just like, well, this is probably not going to work out anyway. I'm like, well, what is happening here? And neither of us really felt anything actually that first night. But after that, he is actually one of the founders of Learning Night, which is a community in SF where he founded a Waterloo but there was one in SF that he led where people come together and share about something that they enjoy outside of work. Like four people present and then to an audience of like up to 80, 100 people, whoever can fit in one of his friend's living rooms. And I gave a talk there. He wasn't there that day, but I talked about how figure skating is scored. And that day, like someone talked about like how violins are valued in terms of pricing and why like some cuisines develop to be more intricate than other cuisines, like Japanese versus like Italian pastas, right? Like, how did that happen? So like all these like super interesting topics. And I really admired that he started it. I felt that was like ambitious. And like, you know, if you quit Google, he was working at like an early stage startup as the first engineer. And he took that opportunity to find my talk and ask me about figure skating, which is something that I'm super passionate about. And we ended up talking to like 1 or 2 a.m. for two nights after that. And then he asked me out on a proper date. We went out. Wait, wait, wait. In person? In person or just like? No, 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 no. On, on Messenger. But like we were just like, it was clear that we were just talking to each other. It was like fast paced. And I was like, wow, like I really like talking to him. And then he asked me out on a real date. That weekend we went for a like a 15 mile hike in Point Reyes. And then we had lunch and dinner. So it ended up being this 12 hour date. And after those 12 hours, like both of us, I think just like knew. We're like, wow, this is like something special. And yeah, that was it. <laughs> Very long winded. I think like we're 10 minutes in now <laughs> story of how Owen and I met. It's like a good story because it also like shows that like sometimes a person that you think that isn't like suited for you actually like ends up being like the most compatible. And sometimes it's just about like giving that person a chance. And like, honestly, kudos to Owen for like hustling that hard and being so creative because like knowing you Ivy as well, like I, you're like super busy and I, sometimes you might be hard to get a hold of. And so like Owen being able to like get you to like actually respond and to like show up on these dates and like to capture your interest that says like volumes about the kind of person that Owen is too. <laughs> yeah. I actually wouldn't have gone out with him if he was directly like, hey, let's go out. Let's like get to know each other or whatever. Like, I'm really happy that he did what he did, like without him knowing, right, either, right? Like he thought it was a date. He thought it was clear that I should have known it was a date, but I didn't know that it was a date. And I didn't go out with the guy that I was supposed to go on a date with that day. And I was like, it was my third or fourth time seeing that guy too. Like it wasn't a... Uh, one first date versus this like coffee chat. Like I'm obviously more interested in career chats <laughs> than like dates and stuff. And so that's why I went and I, I wouldn't have otherwise. And he told me that he had a backup plan where um, he would have gotten his friend to host a dinner. Like we had 60 mutual friends, right? So he would have gotten his friend to host a dinner and like a small dinner and invite me so that there would be a chance of meeting. But the funny thing is at that time, I didn't really like that friend. So if he invited me, I would have been like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, sorry, busy. <laughs> you know, but I actually really like him now. He knows who he is too. And I I'm sure he'll listen to this. <laughs> I told him about this story <laughs> before. I love it. I think it's, no, I think it's definitely like just how the story unravels. I, Owen definitely played to like his strengths. One of the things that I think is really interesting actually is like when 
two people who are dating suddenly like transition into a state of like, we're in this together or like, I love you stage, right? Like getting to that conclusion where it's like two parties are like really committed and want to make a life together. And like knowing that like you and him dated for like a year and a couple months. We dated for... Before getting married. Before getting engaged. We dated for a year and four months before getting engaged, but we were only dating for six months before we decided to move in together. And we didn't end up moving in together because then we decided to like leave our jobs and go travel. So we signed a lease and then we backed out of that lease. And then we went to go live in a camper van together at like seven months in with like zero personal space, you know? Yeah. So going back to that part, like... Is there anything that like you think accelerates a relationship to get to that point of like, I love you stage? Because like you guys were going to sign a lease together, which is like an acceleration. You live together in a camper van. Like that's an acceleration. Like what advice would you give to like women out there who are looking to like figure out if they want to be with someone? Like what are those, I guess, milestones that we should be careful for? I always like to joke that the reason why it happened so fast for me was because Owen moved so fast that I didn't really get a chance to think about it (laughs) like he gave me a lot of pressure even at the beginning like we had only we went on that date right that 12-hour date and then we didn't see each other for two weeks because he went to New York and then went back to North Carolina during those two weeks so we were gonna see each other again after the two weeks and like a normal person you'd be like okay yeah see you in two weeks we've only saw we went on one date and then like we saw each other randomly like you know once before like that's like barely anything. You know, I I did that. It was kind of similar to my previous relationship that I had where like we just saw each other once a week for maybe even once every two weeks for several, several dates for like months before you're like, okay, yeah, I think you're it. Right. But during those two weeks where we were long distance, we weren't even dating, right? Like we were still free to go see other people. He was like, oh, do you like Taylor Swift? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, I'm just going to get us tickets for like, end of the month when I get back I was like I don't even know if I'm still I don't know about the, whether we're gonna be together at that time he's like oh like my friends and I are going to lightning a bottle I just bought you a ticket I'm like what that's like two months like we've only seen each other twice so that's like Owen's style where he was just like I'm dating to get married like he's like the guy that but he was like 26 at that time I'm like I was not used to that yet, even though even like I think at every age I was like, oh, yeah, I want someone like I want it to be serious, you know, even though I really wish I had just been playing around a lot more (laughs) at that age. But I think because he was serious and like I never met someone like that, I was like, wow, this is like exciting that someone's like super into me, you know, and a lot of that excitement kind of carries through and he like never took his foot off the gas pedal like you know five months in he was like oh my lease is about to end like should I sign one with friends or do you want to like move out and my rent at that time was like 800 something dollars because I got grandfathered into a lease that started in 2011 and I was like I'm paying like 800 dollars or 900 dollars in rent wherever I move with you if we get a one bedroom I'm gonna be paying like a thousand five hundred dollars right like I'm like that's like a huge difference like I really want to do that it was more for like financials and he's like no I'll just like make up for that like you can still pay 900 and I'm like that doesn't seem fair <laughs> you know so there was that talk but and then like eight months in he was like oh I'm ready to get married are you ready to get married <laughs> I was like I haven't even like 
thought about this yet. Like I was 25. We have been dating for eight months. I was like, I thought you were supposed to date for like two years before like you're even supposed to think about this. So, and then as soon as we got married, he's like, okay, I would really like kids in like three years. And that's the one I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) like calm down. You know, it's been like three years forever. Did you ever ask Owen like why he moved so fast? He just says that like he just, new and he's always been someone who's like we can work on this relationships aren't something that like you just find as long as you make the decision that this is good enough of a person I guess he never said good enough but this is like me putting words to what I think he feels is like if you you can just be committed you know and then you can work through anything and it's because he came from like a very good family where I think his parents are just really good friends with each other too. I'm not going to speak to like, maybe they don't have sexual chemistry. I don't know. Like, that's kind of weird to think about your in-laws, but like they definitely, and they said that too. They told us, they're like, as you get older, you're just going to be each other's best friends. Like all the other friends are just playmates, you know, like you're the ones that are going to like lean on each other and you're going to go through life. And so I do think that he believes that What versus for me, I wasn't as fast moving But nor was I I think like a hurt person, you know, because my parents divorced and then they divorced again from the step parents that I actually grew up with from the time I was like seven or eight until both of them divorced again by the time I like when I was in my 20s, early 20s. And so I'm like, I've always thought that, you know, with my mom, it's like in each stage of your life, there's someone different for you. And it's better to like be separated than be unhappy because I actually grew up pretty happily with two families and my step parents. And I'm definitely very sad that like my parents divorced again because I really like my step parents. And it's like an awkward situation where like we don't know what our relationship is now, now that my biological mom or dad isn't married to them. And then my mom remarried again. But clearly I wasn't like, oh no, like true love doesn't exist. <laughs> or like, so. I think I just moved along because I was like, yeah, I'm like not unhappy. Like I felt really safe. I think that's also really important is that Owen definitely made me feel like he was so committed and he was like, I'm going to make this work. I'm in it for the long run. So that makes you feel like, oh yeah, like this can work out. Like someone else's confidence really drives your confidence in something. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's actually like, it's very refreshing to like have someone like, believe that and also tell you that and like not through just like words but through action as well and so I think it's also maybe like good timing and just chance and it worked out really well like I think like honestly I think you guys are in a really like healthy relationship especially just based on both of your lifestyles like the lifestyle that you guys have as a couple it's not easy it's there's so many decisions that need to be made especially within a partnership especially when you're like moving from place to place from city to city and like dealing, running like different businesses or like certain like interests. So as both of you are like nomadic and like thinking about like where to go next, like how are you guys navigating like these life decisions now, like as a couple, as a unit, like how do you guys work through these problems, especially like, you know, like moving to Portugal or like developing a community in San Francisco? Like how do you guys work through these things? Yeah. In 2019, when we first started traveling, It was kind of a you get this quarter, I get next quarter. It's like you agree to a certain lifestyle, which we're lucky that we agreed with. So the first quarter was I wanted to go live in a camper van in New Zealand. 
or in Australia. That's like what I wanted to do with my time. And we thought that was going to be for like six months, but it ended up only being for a quarter before I got bored. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to move on. And then we went to Asia and he was like, my dream is to work in a kitchen. And so that's why we actually stayed for a while in Hong Kong and Shenzhen because he ended up getting this like under the table line cook gig at this high-end Mexican restaurant in Hong Kong through a friend. And I just spent that time exploring the south of China, visiting factories. Like I got really inspired by the entrepreneurs there. And he just worked... 16 hour days, six days a week at this restaurant in Mexico and then in Hong Kong. And he loved it, you know, and he got that quarter. Right. And then, so then we agree. It's like, okay, what do we want the next quarter to look like? And like, what are the most exciting opportunities for us? And we've been really lucky that that's just aligned with the people that I met. We're like, okay, let's go to Southeast Asia. Someone invited me to go to DLD Tel Aviv. And then that brought us to the Middle East. And then there's been a lot of investments from China into Africa. So the people that I met in China led us to like Kenya as well. We've always had these conversations of like, what if we want to root down? What if we want to go home? Home is like San Francisco still, I think for both of us in terms of our communities. Or like, do we just keep traveling? And we're still trying to figure out both. But I would say that like, we've had conversations where like, yeah, our relationship's more important and like who feels most strong about something and also like what will set us up for the future and like what is a short-term move versus long-term. I think it makes a lot of sense right now for at least me to, or or, like it's really us because we do want to stay together. We don't do well long distance because I don't respond to his messages (laughs) long distance. I'm like a terrible long distance wife. But right now we do have like separate goals. Like for me, which is, I honestly think also for him is like, I just want to save on taxes. <laughs> I'm like, I want to save up a lot of money because I think that'll make our financial lives really good in the next few years. Like right now in 2023 with the market going down, I think there's a lot of opportunity for investment. And if you hold a lot of cash by the end of this year, we can make really good investments that can change our wealth building over the next decade, probably. So it's really important to me to try to hold on to as much cash as possible. And the best way to do that, like I can't come to California. First of all, I don't even have a visa to be in California and working, let alone all the taxes or whatever that I have to pay in the, in Canada and California. And so he agrees, right? That's like long-term, like short-term. He's like, I want to start a startup in climate And I want to do one in California with my friends. Like there's a lot of investment here. I think that's what he wants right now. But to me, and like, we're still figuring this out. I do think he agrees where it's like, the climate can't wait. So I do, I do understand that. And we're like, okay, let's try to balance like half the year here, half the year there. We're like, can you try to find something that's like remote? Do you have to be in California? Also, like you can start a company at some other point versus right now, if he stays in his job, we can get a mortgage. Again, better opportunities, investment at the end of the year. So there's like, those are the things that we're thinking about. But in the end, I think it's a priority that we're not long distance. And even if I was like, yeah, let's move to California, it'll still take me probably at least a year to figure out my visa. (laughs) So it's like, what do we do during that time? So there's like realistic things that we just can't, we don't have the opportunity to move here. And he won't have a visa either if he quits his job. (laughs) So we're both Canadian. There are places that we want to live and we have to live by certain boundaries based on tax and legal immigration laws <laughs> in order to live. So it's not, it's not anywhere. So a lot of different factors playing in into where we go. 
Yeah. No, I agree. For some reason, I always thought Owen was like American. So, but you know, you reminded me that oh my God, everyone thinks he's American. He grew up in North Carolina, but yeah, he's not. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, I feel like that plays a big factor too, especially like to live in California and to stay in California. I guess one of the bigger things that has been brought upon within like the Asian water women community as well as the idea of like family planning and like egg freezing. I think outside of this community, I don't know many women who like freeze their eggs unless they work in tech and have like really good health insurance. Really? I know so many. Really? I mean, I don't know. Maybe people don't talk about it as much as they do in like Asian water women, but like it's just something that's been coming up more and more often. So what are your plans for like family planning? Like, would you freeze your eggs or like, what's the, what's the trajectory of like the timeline? Tell me more. Yeah. So we did a session in Asian Wonder Woman about egg freezing because there are people that do it. I need to go rewatch. One of my best friends who's not an Asian Wonder Woman. She is just in San Francisco. She's a consultant. She froze her eggs last year because I think in 2022 was the first year that insurance covered preventative fertility like to protect your fertility you can freeze your eggs before it was always like you are you've been trying for a year you still can't do it therefore we're gonna IVF and take out your eggs and that was covered by insurance but just because you're like in your 20s you're like I don't plan on having kids that wasn't covered until last year and so because of that I know a lot of women who started freezing their eggs at the end of last year I've considered it but like you said I am a contractor, CEO, self-employed kind of situation. Therefore, I don't have health insurance or like I only have travel insurance. And Owen actually doesn't buy health insurance either because when you buy health insurance, you're usually primarily located in a certain country. That's why you have it, right? You can like go see the doctor, but like we're only in the US two, three months a year maximum. And already this month, I'm like trying to stick in my dental and my vision, et cetera. We get free dental, free vision, but not free healthcare. And so we just don't pay for it. We haven't looked into whether his insurance would cover egg freezing or else it's really expensive, right? It's like forty five dollars or $50,000 without insurance, which could do. I do think a lot of people do it because they think that now we're now 30, right? So let's say we have baby one in like two, three years at 32 or 33. Baby two then might come at... 35, 36, 37, right? And at that point, you're beyond the 35, like you're like a, what's it called? Elderly mom, basically. <laughs> you're, like, you're geriatric by then. Yeah, basically. So, and I don't think fertility necessarily like drops like that. I know a lot of people who try to do some fertility tests, which generally tell you nothing, but an egg freeze will tell you something about how many healthy eggs were extracted, how many embryos can you actually form. I think it's like a good backup plan just in case you do end up having kids later than you expect because I always think something could happen, right, in the next two, three years, like maybe like an illness or like there's a financial crisis and stuff like that. And you just don't feel ready and then pushes it back to, by just a year or two. That means like you might be more constrained in having more kids that you might want to have later on. I think that's why a lot of women are freezing their eggs now. I have not mostly because of insurance purposes and also the time that I'm spending in a place where I can get my eggs frozen. But I would consider it mostly because I'm seriously considering surrogacy. I don't really want to be pregnant at all, let alone twice or three times. And I would really like at least two to three kids. Sorry, not at least, no more than three. <laughs> so between two to three kids. 
But I think we'll probably start trying in 2025. I'm going to aim for like 2026 for first kids. So I'll be like 32 turning 33. And therefore, I'm going to try to have baby two before I'm 30, like before I turn 36, you know? Yeah. So like three to four years, basically. No, 20, we're in 2023. If I want to be pregnant by the end of 2025, that's like a year and a half. That's so scary. My gosh. I know. Okay, I did my math wrong. But wow, that's a lot faster than I realized. I know because age. (laughs) I agree with you on the surrogacy thing. I think one of the things that's preventing me from like wanting to have kids is just like the amount of like work and like energy and just like, it's, I don't know, just like eight months. Like, I don't think I want to be carrying a child for eight months. Like I know some moms are like really leaning into it and they're like, I love being a mother. And like, I love what it does to my body and stuff like that. But I'm like, to me, I feel like it's almost like a handicap. This is terrible to say, but I really do think sometimes it's a handicap and like knowing me, like I'll probably have the worst nausea I'll throw up and I just wouldn't be a good person to be around if I were pregnant. So Man, life decisions. But I have to find a husband first. So um, <laughs> different options. Yeah. But yeah, I do think like the trade off is your freedom, right? And freedom is such a value for both of us that it's really hard to make that decision. But I also know that like a lot of parents say, oh, I wish I had a kid sooner so that I have more years on the other side with them. And I do see that too, because if you have your child when you're too old, by the time they're like, 20 something and pop in, you might be in your 60s. (laughs) And while I got my years in my parents, like 40s and 50s. Yeah, you definitely want to have the energy to like be with your kid while they're like moving about and like young. These are all really good insights. And I feel like a lot of people can derive like certain like tips and just, just see like how a couple works, right? Like, especially when they're nomadic. Do you have any, I guess, like other learnings, like last learnings that you want to share, just like for those people like me, like what advice would you give to me as I'm like trying to date more seriously and date with like intentionality? Like what are the things I should be looking for in a partner? Would you say? Yeah, I've seen some of my friends' relationships too. And I feel extremely grateful for mine. I think Owen and I say this a lot. We're like, wow, we basically have very few problems. Like we we do have some, but in general, like in the way that we get along and how we interact with each other on a daily basis. It's very, very good. And I think primarily it's because one of us, aka him, is way more easygoing than me. (laughs) I think he makes more sacrifices than I do. And in a relationship, it's either you or the other person, like someone is more accommodating. And I think sometimes like, he accommodates without thinking that it's accommodating either, right? Like just, I think it's just being easygoing and someone who will decide that like, this is something that I'm committing to, I think was really important at the beginning of our relationship. And it's very important now. And sometimes I don't see that in some of my friends' relationships where they're like, no matter what, there's no not figure outable problem. He thinks that, right? I'm still on the borderline thinking about my parents' relationships of like, when is it worth giving up? And like, it's where we've nowhere near been to any kind of argument or point where I'm like, there's something more important than this. But clearly, like I've seen this happen with my parents and my mom's more happy than ever, right? Like on her third husband. So like, I'm really glad she divorced the last two, including my dad and my stepdad. But Owen doesn't think that. And like, I think having someone who's so strongly invested 
that like this is in, there's no doubt in his mind about it, has been a great source of safety and confidence in the relationship. And you just like it makes you feel like you can count on this person to make it through. And I think that's super important. And I actually think super rare. So I feel really grateful that I have that. I guess in terms of learnings is like if you can't find that person, like you can try to give that confidence too. Right. Because like he gives me that confidence and therefore I also believe it a lot more. Like I think I'm coming from like an extremity where I didn't really believe that at all. And like now I've way moved to the side where I'm like, yeah, I do believe I will be together forever and we can work through anything. And like we're going to go to couples therapy like for our problems. And yeah, so I hope that everyone finds that or like can be that to instill confidence in their partner too. Let Owen be the example of a good partner. Oh, I think if Owen listens to this podcast, he'll be really touched. You should tell him to listen to it. Uh, he'll really, he, he actually does listen to everything. Sometimes I get really embarrassed because I don't want to hear my self-talk sometimes. And so when he reads my stuff, I'm like always a little bit like, oh, I don't know. Like he just read my Instagram post today. I'm sure he appreciates it. That's so great, right? Like having someone who's like confident about you and confident in the work that you do. So it's great to see. But that was really good advice. I hope anyone listening to this podcast will find their Owen and find that person, right, to be confident about and to instill confidence in. So, or their version of Owen. There's only one Owen and only one Ivy. So don't go after Owen. <laughs> I'll help you find someone like that, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wrapping it up. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Ivy. Right, bye. Bye. Yeah, I'm the baddest chick. Time to think. I'm about my business. Chill with my.